You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, and this episode is sponsored by Kid Culture, an interactive online course to help develop kids' minds and hearts through multicultural activities and videos made by kids around the world. Do you want to introduce your kids to all the cultures of the world, but you, like most of us, can't just leave home and travel the world for a year? With Kid Culture, your children can travel without leaving home. To give you an idea of how it works, once they log in to the Kid Culture website, children can click anywhere on the world map that has a flag icon on it. Within each of those countries, they will be able to watch different types of videos like Day in the Life, videos about cooking, recreation, family life, so much more. The videos have a personal feel featuring kids and narrated by kids. My children love watching videos made by kids on YouTube, but I will admit that giving them free reign on YouTube makes me very nervous. You're actually going to hear me talk about YouTube in the episode today. Kid culture is a perfect alternative because the videos feel personal and fun, like YouTube, but everything is vetted and educational. I have been so impressed by the quality of the content on kid culture, and I'm so grateful for an enriching place my children can independently navigate without the worry of inappropriate content. Go to kidculture.org slash 3in30 to learn more and buy the course at a discounted price for a limited time. That's kidculture, K-I-D-C-U-L-T-U-R-E dot org slash 3in30. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. My son Noah is a creator. He spends hours every day building with Lego, and if he ever finds a big empty box, it will surely become a fabulous creation within the day. He disappears into the garage, and I walk out a few hours later to a flurry of mess and mayhem, and I find an amazing invention. The other day, I couldn't find Noah anywhere. I was pretty sure he'd been in the garage creating, but when I went out there, he was nowhere to be found. I called his name down the street a few times and then waited. I had a feeling that he was nearby. Sure enough, I suddenly saw an unusual sight. A box on wheels turned the corner and started moving down the sidewalk towards me. A literal big box was creeping its way down our street, and I suddenly realized that it was a tank. Of course it was. With guns made out of PVC pipe and a tiny peephole window in the front so the driver could sort of see out of it. Noah had rigged up a way for an empty box to sit on top of his hoverboard, and he was crouched inside, guiding it down the street, no doubt imagining himself as a World War II soldier, which is his favorite war to learn about right now. I am obsessed with this boy's brain and his creativity, and I'm so excited that today, to celebrate his 11th birthday, we get to hear from him on the podcast. When I asked him if he was interested in being a guest on the show, he responded without hesitation, of course I would, it would be an honor. He is confident, funny, and a natural born leader, and I know you're going to get a kick out of his personality in this episode as he teaches us how to encourage creativity in kids. I love him, and I can't wait for you to learn from him. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to give you a sneak peek of something I've been working on this summer behind the scenes. 
If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may remember that last fall, I launched a nine-month-long program called Self-Assured Motherhood. The signups were only open for a short time, and I was thrilled to have almost 90 women join the program. These amazing mothers spent the last nine months working with me on becoming more confident and content mothers and women. We had nine different monthly topics with masterclasses and coaching and Q&A, and it was absolutely life-changing for them and for me. One mother sent me an email that said this, Being part of this program has been incredibly eye-opening and transformational. Every single time I have a class, I go back to my husband and tell him I don't regret a single penny that we have spent on the Self-Assured Motherhood program. This has been so worth it and then some. Not only am I being blessed by all of this, but my family is too. Thank you so much. Oh, that means so much to me to get that feedback. The first round of the Self-Assured Motherhood program ended in July, and we are gearing up to launch it again in September. So if this is something that piques your interest that you might be interested in joining this year, stay tuned for more information. You'll be hearing about it on my podcast episodes and in my weekly emails in the coming weeks. I cannot wait to get started with a new group of women, and I'd love for you to be a part of it as well. Okay, with no further ado, let's get to my conversation with my son, Noah. I know you're going to love him. Here we go. Noah, welcome to 3 and 30. Hi, it's great to be here with you. Well, today is a special day. This podcast is airing on your 11th birthday, so happy birthday. And this has been a long time coming that we've wanted to have you as a guest on the podcast, and we had to figure out the right topic And we finally settled on encouraging creativity in your kids. And I would say that this is something that is one of your special, unique gifts that you're naturally very good at. And moms will often see the things that you create that I share on my Instagram and ask me, how did you teach him to do that? And I sort of say to them, I didn't teach him. He was kind of born this way. Would you agree with that? Yeah. It's kind of a gift that I have. I just have had it for my entire life. Do you think that it's something that can be taught by moms or encouraged? Or do you think that kids have to just be born with it? Well, it's definitely easier if they're like kind of born with it. But it definitely can be taught and encouraged. Not so much taught as more encouraged and like... Cultivated. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, and I think that could go for any gift that a kid could have, that some kids are born more naturally some way, but the more that any kid practices, the better that they can get at something. Yeah. So you being a master of creativity and building, we wanted to hear from you three of your best takeaways, and you did come up with these on your own, for encouraging creativity in your kids. So are you ready to start with your first takeaway? I think so. Okay, let's hear it. So my first takeaway is to give your kids access to inspiration. It is literally, I've tried it, impossible to do anything impressive without inspiration. Okay, and what do you mean by that? There has to be something somewhere that you're like, hey, I want to try and make this myself. Okay. Whether it's like something on Instagram, like a DIY thing, Mm -hmm. or just something they randomly found, like anywhere. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite places to get inspiration for your creations? Well, 
I don't know if people will approve of this, but I really love to just watch random YouTube videos and a lot of DIY stuff mm-hmm. and just find something that interests me. Mm-hmm. And then you go and you build it, right? Yeah. Yeah. As a mom, I don't really love YouTube, but I've had to accept and I have seen the amazing things that you create after watching different videos on YouTube and it makes me see the value and see that YouTube's not all bad. Can you give some specific examples of things you've created from YouTube or just anywhere? Yeah. Let's start with YouTube. And then if you can give some other ideas for possible places for inspiration for kids. Okay. So one time I found inspiration on YouTube was a few years ago, I watched this video of a little Lego stop motion. Hmm. It was actually, like, super cool. It was really funny. Um, Do you remember what it was about? It was this one guy, he drives his car, and then he crashes into another car, and then he goes and buys a new car and does it again. Okay. I don't know why, but I I thought that could be fun to do. Uh Uh-huh. So, a few weeks later, we went to our grandpa's house Mm -hmm. with our cousins, and there, with Callum and Jade and Sally, we all collaborated, made some little things little rainbow cars and a little hill and a ghost mm-hmm. and we did a little stop motion video it was this app i don't remember what it was called and it let you take pictures mm. and then the app itself would mush them all into a, like video. a video okay it do it itself and it was really fun so we had like the car drive over the hill then it would fall over and then the ghost would come down pick it up put it back on the hill and it would keep going it was nice. a really basic easy stop motion but it was a lot of fun And you got the idea from YouTube. Yeah. Do you get your ideas from anywhere else other than YouTube? Oh, yeah, totally. Like? Books? Yes, most definitely. Can you think of an example of that? Oh, yeah. I love war stories and different books like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes after you read about, like, World War II, you'll build a big layout of D-Day... Or the battle that you were reading about, and you love the hazardous tale books, if any. Those are so good. Okay, we'll link those. And the I Survived books as well. So good. I can think of a time when you got inspiration from a podcast. We were listening to Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls, and there was an episode about a volcanologist, a scientist that studies volcanoes. Her name was Katya Kraft. And I don't know if you remember this, but you set up a volcano diorama in your room using the humidifier to create a volcano and built this whole world after you listened to that podcast. You remember that? We need a new humidifier. You gave away the old humidifier and I'm sad. I know. The humidifier was a great thing that you used in your various layouts and I used it for all sorts of things. I used it to make smoke come out of train stations, Mm -hmm. volcanoes, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Spooky scenes. It's true. The humidifier, we need a new one of those. That has to be something we do. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Let me ask you a question. How well would you take care of your car if you had to keep the same one your entire life? Would you take it in for regular maintenance and give it the best possible care? I'm guessing you would, and the same should be true for your brain. We keep our brain for our entire life, and it's important to invest time and care into keeping it healthy. There are plenty of ways to support a healthy mind, like learning a new language or taking power naps. There's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. 
I've been a fan of therapy for the last decade, and it has completely changed my life. During times of extreme stress, I see my therapist weekly. During times of relative peace, I still see my therapist once a month for that preventative checkup to talk through any negative self-talk or cycles I'm getting stuck in and to make sure that I have accountability to care for myself in the way I deserve. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat therapy sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash 3in30. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. What is the second thing that moms need to give their kids access to? Materials. If you don't have materials, it's all useless. Okay. Literally everything. So what kind of materials do you recommend? Well. A humidifier. (laughs) Yeah, humidifier. (laughs) Cardboard. I really like to use Legos. Mm Mm-hmm. And duct tape to hold stuff together. Mm Mm-hmm. And then just different random knickknacks, like little PVC pipe things, mm-hmm. wooden trains. Plastic water bottles. All kinds of use. stuff. It, just any random stuff around your house that you think, this could work for something, you should keep it. Yeah. Somewhere where your kids can find it and use it to go do something. And if you're like, oh, I already have one water bottle, I don't need to save this other one, mm-hmm. save it anyway, because... I've had projects where I run out of material, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, dang it, now yeah. I can't do this, and I just spent an hour and a half working on it, and then I don't have this one piece that's going to fit it all together. Yeah. And your mother, me, is quite a purger, wouldn't you say? I don't keep a lot of stuff around the house. Would you No, agree? it's annoying. <laughs> So it doesn't mean that people have to keep everything, but... Keep some stuff. We usually have a good backlog in our garage of Amazon boxes, stuff in the recycling bins that hasn't gone out yet, and you will go out and find stuff when you get in a creative mode and turn it into something. So it's not like we have a station for this in our house. You just always go to the garage. Yeah, the garage is a good place if you just don't put your cars in the garage that often. Or like an extra room that's not used very often. Like sometimes I'll use the bonus room, which is where we're recording right now. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily need like a designated space. Mm-hmm. Just somewhere to make things happen. One thing that I thought of with this takeaway with materials is that sometimes you have to let your kids try some things that might seem kind of risky to you, the mom. Yeah. Like, like I've used hot glue guns staplers saws yes i have you saws <laughs> and i try to supervise it and really work you've gotten a hot glue gun burn before many hot glue gun burns while creating but i feel like it's worth it for you to have the process of learning and developing and trying things and so allowing you to sort of take those risks that are not overly dangerous Yeah, like, Um, don't let your child run around with a saw in the house. Yeah, but if you wanted to be supervised with a saw, sawing things into cardboard boxes... And now I, like, know how to use it enough that just as long as I'm not using the big electric one, I can use a saw in the garage by myself. Yeah, true. 
I interviewed a physical therapist a few weeks ago, well, I aired it a few weeks ago, about how to get your kids to play outside. And she mentioned to just leave interesting loose parts, she called it, outside, like tires or buckets or different things that would sort of like entice your kids to start doing something interesting out there if you leave those loose parts around. Do you think that that's something that moms could do with creativity and leave some loose parts and supplies around and hopefully their kids will get the bug to start creating? Yeah. Sometimes I just see a big cardboard box somewhere and I'm like, I'm going to do something with that. Sometimes I even skip the inspiration phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you've had enough practice gaining inspiration that now a lot of times the inspiration just comes from your own head. Or own it's ideas. just something that I want to do again. Yeah. Okay. Like I have built many of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've built every iteration of an airplane with Legos I could ever imagine. And also helicopters. With paper. Yeah. <laughs> I've done it with paper and cardboard. And I've built at least 11 to 12 different cities. Yeah. Oh. Two cardboard tanks. Mm-hmm. Multiple forts. Oh, yeah. I do it over and over. One of my favorite things to do is build Lego battleships. That is one of my favorite things to do. Always without a kit now. You just create it in your head and yeah. these elaborate battleships. Yeah, I don't need kits anymore. Because you're a master builder now. Not quite. Okay, so you've got to let your kids have inspiration. You've got to let them have materials. And then what's the third takeaway? Space. Okay. And I don't mean like just a space that would be big enough to just fit like a little thing. You need space. Like I personally... I'm a person who just loves to lay everything out in just a big mat that covers the floor. <laughs> I've noticed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And what what does having that much space do for you? It makes it so I can see everything. So if I didn't remember that I have a part, I'm like, oh, that could look cool with this. Mm-hmm. So you need sort of a big canvas for your creations. What are some of your favorite places to create? The garage. I'd say the garage is a favorite, and we pull out the cars and let you have the whole garage to spread your boxes and your materials around. My saws and my glue guns Mm -hmm. and everything else. Where else do you like to create? My room. A personal favorite, especially when I'm doing Legos. Okay. My My floor becomes a sea of Legos. Yep. Every week. And I don't really love that all the time. But I have prioritized your creativity and learning over my own cleanliness and orderliness to an extent. I clean my room every week. I recognize that you are a scatterbrained creative, an absent-minded professor, and your room may not always be the most orderly thing. But I love your creativity, and so sometimes I choose to overlook the mess and just shut the door so that you can have your space to create in. That's why I need a new door. My door has holes in it. And why does your door have holes in it, Noah? Hmm. I wonder why. <laughs> you plead the fifth on that one? I plead the fifth. Okay. So you like to have space. You also will use the bonus room sometime. And when you chose this takeaway, you meant more actual physical space to do something, room to do something. But I also thought about with this takeaway that you need space and that you need time. Time, definitely. And you are not a kid that likes to be overscheduled. You don't want to go from activity to activity to activity. 
And there's times when sometimes I feel like I should push you to do more structured activities. And then I realize that's just not who he is. He wants to chill in his room, listen to an audiobook, and build. And as I've given you space to do that, your creativity has really flourished. What do you have to add to that takeaway? So yeah, time. Like, nobody likes to stop in the middle of a project. That doesn't mean you should let your kids stay up till 1.30 trying to finish something. Mm-hmm. But get them to a good stopping point. Mm-hmm. Or, if you have time, just let them finish it. Yeah. Let them spend, you know, hours if they want to. Working yeah, on like, sometimes, like, every once in a while, I'll build a giant city in the <laughs> bonus room. And... It'll take me two to three hours to set up. Mm. And then once I'm done, I'm like, I don't want to just go to bed. I want to play with this. Mm -hmm. And you don't just want to take it down right away. And so I let you keep it up for a few days, even though it's in my office. Tell them about your cities that you build in here. So they're about maybe 10 feet by 12 feet. Okay. And they're really, really tall. How do you make them, though? What are they made out of? Cardboard boxes would be my buildings. I use around 50 to 100 sheets of printer paper as road. Mm-hmm. And you draw all the roads on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I draw the little lines. Mm-hmm. And then we have this big leftover tube from when Dad built the pergola. That'll always be my centerpiece of, like, every city I do. Mm-hmm. That's my big centerpiece. I think it's like a molding for cement. Or I think it is that we've kept so that you can use that and then you often bring in your cars sometimes you bring in your army people and pretend like there's a battle going on and the first time you and Sal ever built a big city was during the pandemic during lockdown when we didn't have anything to do and I remember I was sitting at my desk working and you guys were building this massive city for hours and it was a mess and I thought It's okay, because they're occupied while I'm getting my work done. And that's something that also goes along with space, this takeaway of giving your kids access to space. I think it also means giving your kids room to entertain themselves. And make messes. Yeah. Like, on that first city, we actually upgraded it from just the bonus room. We had, like, a highway road that stretched to my room. We built another city in there, then to (laughs) Sally's room. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. But it was also epic. And then we roped Dad into it and made him be the police while we ran around with cars trying to rob the bank. Yep. All while I'm getting work done in my office. And one of the things that I tell moms when they ask, how are your kids so creative, is... Honestly, I can't come up with activities for you guys to do all the time because I work from home. So a lot of times I say to you, I have to go work for a few hours and you guys have to figure it out. And you come up with these very creative games that would never have happened if I were micromanaging your every move and entertaining you and planning all of your activities. So I think sometimes moms can feel guilty when they can't give their full undivided attention to their kids. But I also think that there's a blessing there that their kids can develop a lot of independence and creativity because their mom's not micromanaging everything. Yeah, and also, I personally hate to be watched and stared at while I'm working on something. I like to be alone in a room, otherwise have the other people occupied and not making noise. Okay, that's good to know. So, like, I like to have either a room to myself or a room where everybody else is on a screen. Okay, that's good to know. Or sometimes if I'm working with my sister, 
then we just work in silence or listen to an audiobook. I personally don't appreciate a ton of noise in the room while I'm working. Okay. Because that distracts me mm-hmm. from doing my thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. The first time I remember you really getting creative and creating these scenes, these layouts, was when you were about three or four years old during your quiet time. And I think that's another example of giving space to kids. I expected that you would do a daily quiet time while Sally napped, and at first you kind of fought it, but the longer that we did it, the more you got creative during that time, and you would use blankets to create ocean and then you'd put all your boats around it and I think that daily quiet time your wheels really started turning and your brain started to get really creative so quiet time is something I would definitely recommend for moms of toddlers and preschoolers and I have a whole episode on how to get your kids to take a quiet time and I actually started to look forward to those quiet times so if your kids fight it don't give up I actually By the end, I looked forward to quiet times. It was my time where I could do whatever I want, whether it was chillaxing, listening to an audiobook on my bed, Mm -hmm. or, like you said, building an elaborate city thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm done and the quiet time's over, I'm like, I'm going to stay in here. Yeah, a lot of times you would stay in there longer. Um, I'm like, I don't want it just now. I'm going to stay in here for like three more hours. mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so... Give your kids access to inspiration, materials, and space in order to encourage their creativity. Do you have any final words or thoughts for moms who are trying to create a culture of creativity in their home? Well, one more thing. Okay. Don't push your kids to do any of these things. Hmm. If they're just not in the mood that day, don't try and push it. Okay. Like, there are days when I'll just lump on my bed eating cereal. All day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. You can't force the creative process. You cannot force creativity. Don't even try. It just makes everybody angry at everybody else. Okay. Well, we're so glad that we had you on 3 and 30, and we'll have to have you back. Happy 11th birthday, and on a sentimental note, you are one of the loves of my life. I am so glad that I am your mom, and I am so proud of how creative and smart and kind and loving you are. You are one of a kind, so thank you for coming on 3 and 30. Do you say this to everybody? Nope. Just to my child. You sure about that? I love you. I love you too. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, it was a treat. Bye. Bye. He's my favorite. I am so beyond grateful to be his mom and to get the chance to witness him bringing forth his unique gifts into the world. If you're new here, you might not know that Noah is adopted, and I always tell him that he was my first miracle. I'm blessed beyond words to be his mother, and I'm so glad that 3 and 30 got to learn from him today. By way of recap, here are Noah's three takeaways for encouraging creativity in your kids. First, give your child access to inspiration. Let them see videos, read books, or listen to podcasts about the topics that interest them. Battles, vehicles, animals, whatever. As they see that real-world inspiration, they'll be more excited to go and create their own versions. YouTube can get such a bad rap, and for good reason, but there's also so much educational content on there, and I have to admit that even the dumb videos of people playing video games have given Noah creative ideas for projects. So I've loosened my grip a bit on what I consider educational. It's okay to let your child explore their interests, even if they aren't your interests. 
Second, give your child access to materials. This means letting them use empty boxes, water bottles, markers, paper, glue guns, duct tape, and more to explore their ideas and get messy. I keep all of this stuff out in the garage. Sometimes my kids drag it into the house so that they can create in our bonus room. And yes, it does drive me crazy when our house is littered with literal garbage for a few days while they enjoy their creation, but it's worth it in order for them to get to truly feel the fun of creating. And third and finally, give your child access to space. This can refer to actual physical space, such as pulling your cars out of the garage so that they have a large area to build, or giving them permission to use the entire basement. And it can also refer to giving them emotional space by making sure their schedule isn't too packed with organized activities and making sure that they have quiet, independent time when they aren't being entertained by you or watching a screen. Let them be bored. Let them be independent. A child needs physical space and permission to use it and emotional space in order to create. That's it. Those are some simple tips for encouraging creativity in your kids. Noah and I hope that these takeaways will make the last few weeks of summer break even more fun for you and your children. We are rooting for you, and we hope that you have a creative week with your family. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Leave some silence that way they can edit it out. Okay. All right, here we go. Noah, welcome to 3 and 30. Hi. Uh, I failed. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's do it again. Ready? I like that. Hi. I'm so bad at this. No, you're not. Okay, here we go. Ready? Noah, welcome to 3 and 30. Don't psych yourself out. Just be your cute. (laughs) I can't do this. Just be your cute self. I can't do this anymore. You are a natural born speaker and teacher. Just pretend like you're in front of a whole bunch of moms teaching. I can't do that. I have stage fright. No, you do not. You would get up and talk to anyone. No, I would not. Okay, here we go. Ready? But this is going to be broadcasted all over the world. You can do this. Ready? No, I can't. No, I can't. Okay, fine. Okay, here we go.